Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred word of the Bible, and each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, March the 16th, 2023. And uh, yeah, we've been spending the week in the Gospel of Luke this week. And um, today we wrap it up with Luke 17 over the weekend to continue on uh, staying on, on, uh, on schedule with our reading plan. Be sure to Read John 11. So read John 11 sometime uh, over the weekend, and you'll be good for next week. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we've been in uh, Luke 14 through 17 this week, a different chapter every day today, uh, as I said, Luke 17. And, um, yeah, it's been good. Let's see what uh, – a lot of red letters, so a lot of Jesus speaking in these verses. And so, yeah, it's always a little challenging. I'm surprising. Uh, when we when we uh, see what Jesus actually said, <laughs> sometimes we have ideas of what Jesus said, but then we read it and say, "Oh, he said way more than we thought he actually said." So we'll see what he has to say to us today. Luke chapter seventeen. Welcome everybody. Thank you for liking, subscribing, sharing this. Appreciate that. Luke seventeen. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. Jesus said to his disciples. Things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. Okay, there's always going to be things trip you up. There's always going to be things that tempt people or lead people can or, or you know lead people astray. But woe to anyone through whom they come. So yeah, it's true. Um, people things stumble people trip people up all the time. But don't be the person who causes people to stumble. Woe to the to anyone who who through whom they come. It would be better for them to be thrown into the sea with a millstone tied around their neck than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. So watch yourself. Don't cause other, any, don't cause other people to stumble. Don't cause uh, immature believers or weak believers or, or even children in some contexts, it sounds like Jesus is talking about children. In other contexts, it's talk, it seems like he's talking about immature believers. But in this case, it seems like more in, uh, young believers. Don't, uh, don't cause them to stumble. Be aware of um, your impact on other people. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them. And if they repent, forgive them. So, you know, address it, call it out, you know, confront it. Uh, if they repent, they ask for forgiveness, apologize, seek your forgiveness, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in a day and seven times come back to you saying, I repent, 
you must forgive them. So this is the 70 times 7 things, right? you got to forgive them. Someone asks for forgiveness, forgive them. You don't have to trust them. We've talked about this many times. You have to forgive them. You do not have to trust them. <laughs> and you don't have to uh, put yourself in a position where they can they can hurt you again. But you have to for, but you do have to forgive them for for your for your own good as well as theirs. I mean, unforgiveness is just a it's a millstone around our own our the our own necks, right? When we choose to not forgive. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith, right? <laughs> I can appreciate the apostles right here. They're like, you just told us we got to keep forgiving people, even if they offend us seven times in a day. Ooh, God, you're going to have to increase our faith for that. Faith for that. You're gonna, I ain't got that kind of faith. <laughs> so, can you relate to that? Uh, I wonder which apostle said that. doesn't say which apostle said that, but you kind of like, I can relate to that. Oh, Lord, you're going to have to help me. Jesus, you're gonna have to help me then, because I ain't got I ain't got the patience for these people. <laughs> I ain't got I ain't got enough of you in me, Jesus, for all this. You're gonna have to help me. So they said that's what they said. It's in a sense, Lord, increase our faith. We're gonna have to do this much forgiving. Whew, we're gonna need some help. That's true, man. You're gonna live like Jesus and have the kind of grace and compassion. And uh, character he had, man, you're gonna need his help. You ain't gonna do it. We can't do it on our own. That's for sure. Verse six. He replied, "If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you.' Like, all right. So it doesn't take a whole lot of faith. Just take the faith of a mustard seed." God can do miracles with uh, our mustard seed faith. We don't have to have a Mount Everest portion of faith. We just need a mustard seed portion. And God can do uh, amazing things. Man. I mean, some of us, that's our prayer today, though. Lord, increase my faith. I I'm, just, I'm, just trying to <laughs> I'm just trying to build up to a mustard seed. <laughs> I'm starting with a granule. I'm starting with a little with a little sand granule here. I'm trying to build up to a mustard seed. So Lord, increase my faith. Give me the, help me help me have a mustard seed faith. Um, and he will. He will. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit and to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was at, was told to do? Hmm. No, that's what the servant was supposed to do. So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only, one, we have only done our duty. Hmm. Thinking about obedience to the Lord and even some of the things that he calls us to do, right? In some ways, it's, we're just doing what we're called to do. When we're called to forgive and we're called to uh, serve God, serve the Lord, in a sense, it's true. It's a great reminder. We are unworthy servants. We're only doing what we, what's our, do, our duty, what we're called to do. Um, 
we shouldn't, you know, um, sometimes when we do things that, that people, hopefully we do things sometimes in the name of Jesus that surprise people. They're like, wow, that was nice. That was kind. That was above and beyond. And, it, you know, it shouldn't be like, oh, yeah, I know I'm pretty awesome. Yeah, I know I'm pretty awesome. I'm pretty, I'm pretty amazing. No, in a sense, it's uh, no, I'm just doing. I'm doing. I mean, in, I'm just an unworthy servant. I'm doing uh, the least I can do. I'm doing what I'm called to do. Yeah, it's a great perspective. And it's a uh, living a life of gratitude, living a life of uh, as a servant of Jesus. I'm just doing what He's called me to do. Verse eleven. Now on His way to Jerusalem. Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Wow. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Hmm. It's an interesting fact of the story. <laughs> in the telling of the story, we don't, we don't know that at the beginning, right? It just says that Jesus is walking in between this land between Samaria and Galilee, and ten men who had leprosy met him. We don't know if they're Samaritans, Galileans, uh, whatever, even Judeans. We don't know. But he cut... They, they uh they had Jesus master have pity on us. And when he saw him, he had he said, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they go, as they're obeying, again, this is obedience, as they're obeying the word of the Lord, the word of Jesus, they were healed. Hmm. You know, there's healing in obedience. Do you know that? That uh, there's a healing that takes place in our obedience to the Lord. Sometimes the increasing of our faith happens as we obey the Lord. Sometimes forgiveness happens as we obey the Lord. Sometimes our, our courage is restored as we obey the Lord. Sometimes our fellowship with the Lord is restored as we obey the Lord. Come on now. Some of you, some of you just need to be reminded today that, you know what? Your healing will come as you obey the Lord. You, you may be waiting for a miracle, something like supernatural, uh, miraculous, instantaneous, but but the word might be for you today is that you need to obey the Lord, and as you obey Him, you will be healed. That's what these leopards were doing. They were they were doing what Jesus told them to do. They were going to show themselves to the priests, and as they went, boom, 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 ten of them, bam, healing, bam, healing, bam, healing. <laughs> and one of them was like, "Hey," he comes back and he's praising God, thanking Him, falls at Jesus' feet, and that dude that came back. One of ten, the one that came back grateful was the Samaritan. Mm. And, G and you remember that they weren't—they were looked down on in general, Samaritans. And here, this one is—it is an example of gratitude. Jesus asked, "Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner?" Then he said to him, "Rise and go." Your faith has made you well. Just a, uh, a reminder and a challenge to be grateful. 
and to remember to be grateful. I mean, this is probably the passage that's been preached on Thanksgiving more than anything else in the world. I know I've preached this at on Thanksgiving, the Sunday before Thanksgiving, many, many times. I'll probably do it again. I might do it this year. I don't know. I don't know. But it's on gratitude, right? Ten people, God did, God did the same miracle for all ten, but only one was uh, aware enough to go back and thank him, to give thanks. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. You know that song? Remember that song? Remember that old chorus? A little simple chorus. Let the weak say, I am strong. Uh, let the poor say, I am rich. Give thanks. Yeah. So this guy he comes back, gives thanks. The Samaritan, he's setting an example, setting the pace for gratitude. Man, what is it that you need to give God thanks for today, right now? Hmm. A new day, life, health, hope for your kids. I know they drive you crazy. I know they drive you crazy. I know they 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 take a few years off your life, but they a blessing. <laughs> Don't ever forget it. <laughs> nah, thank you for thanks for kids, for family, for my spouse, for friends. A lot to thank God for. God blesses everybody, man. He's he's a he's a generous, gracious God, but not everybody comes back and says thanks. Hmm. We don't want to be like that, man. We want to be like the Samaritan. Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, the, kingdom of, uh, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Nor will people say, here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. It's supernatural. It's spiritual, right? It's a spiritual kingdom. You can't point to it and say, oh, look, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you go through that and turn left uh, on Elm Street, and it's right down there about two blocks. You see the kingdom of God. Nah, man. It's in you. It's in your midst. Jesus is, is, uh, is bringing the kingdom. The kingdom is breaking in into human hearts. It's in your midst. Then he said to his disciples, the time is coming when you will when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. Yeah, I mean, you're living right here underneath the wing of the Son of God. There's going to come a day when people would love to see what you're seeing, but they won't. I'm going back to the Father. Um, but people will tell you, there it is, or here it is. Don't go running off after them. For the Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning, which flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other. But first, he must suffer many things and be rejected by this generation. Mm. For the Son of Man in his day will be like the lightning which flashes hmm. and lights up one, you know, like the flash of lightning. Which, by the way, I just learned something that's meteorologically a few uh, months back. Did you know there is no such thing as heat lightning? It's not, it is, that's actually not a thing. What you see in the sky is actually lightning, but it's so far away that you can't hear the thunder. There's no such thing as heat lightning. That's what Dennis Phillips says. You know, Dennis Phillips said that. He said that, that there's, no, there's no such thing as heat lightning. It's, just, it's lightning, but it's just so far away you can't hear the thunder. 
But I tell you what, I grew up talking about heat lightning. Man, no, nah, it's, it's just heat lightning. <laughs> no, that's real lightning. It can real kill you. <laughs> it's just too far away. Oh, no, nah, it's heat lightning. Eh, well, that's not a thing. What? No, it's not. All right. Well, learn something new every day. Anyway, it's like lightning, heat lightning in the sky. That's how the Son of Man. Now, I wonder if Jesus is talking about his resurrection here or the second coming, both of which are true, right? It sounds almost like he's talking about, it could be either, right? Because he talks about he must first suffer. So something before he's going to, you know, flash like lightning, the son of the, his day, the son of man in his day, uh, is going to first have to suffer. Um, almost sounds like, um, yeah, it was almost like it, it could be his resurrection, right? But before he is raised on the third day, he, uh, he has to suffer many things. I know. I've, I've always thought there was heat lightning, too. I told my kids the same thing. Oh, that's heat lightning. I, don't worry about that. That's just heat lightning. That ain't, that ain't, no, that ain't like a thunderstorm. That's just heat lightning. I didn't know I was about ready. I was, I was, um, I was lying. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's not a thing, guys. So now, see, we all learned something. But the Son of Man is going to be like real lightning. <laughs> this day will be like real lightning. Um, and both is true. The resurrection, right? That was, that was definitely his day, the resurrection. But it's also true with his second coming, too. But he, first he must be uh, suffer and be rejected by this generation. Verse 26, just as it was in the days of Noah, so will it be in the days of the Son of Man. People were eating and eating, drinking, marrying, and being given in marriage up the day Noah entered the ark. Then the flood came and destroyed them all. Now it sounds like he's talking apocalyptic, right? Now it sounds like he's talking like end of time. So maybe going, just reading back the context, then maybe the, the day is like the day of the Lord, which would be the end, the return of Christ. Um, people just be going on about their business. And they ain't going to be like, oh, the Jesus is coming on Tuesday, so we got to get our stuff together. No, they're going to be doing all the stuff they've always been doing, drinking, marrying, being given in marriage, making proposals, signing college applications, starting new jobs, doing all the things. And it will come like a thief in the night or like Noah and the flood. Verse 28, it was the same in the days of Lot. People were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But the day Lot left Sodom, fire and sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. They were, they were unsuspecting, right? They were just doing they all. They were just living their ungodly, unaware lives. Mm. Man, we always want to be aware, right? We always want to be conscious of what God is up to. We want to be, we want to be engaged. We want to be alert. We want to be on guard and watch, not in a paranoid sort of way, in a hopeful, optimistic, expectant kind of way. It will be just like this on the day the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, no one who is, in, who is on the housetops with possessions inside should go down to get them. Ain't no time for that. Likewise, no one in the field should go back for anything. Remember Lot's wife turned into a pillar of salt? Don't, you know, mm. when Jesus says be salty, that's not what he's talking about. <laughs> when, 
when Jesus tells you to be salty, don't lose, don't lose your salt. He's not talking about being a pillar of salt, like salt, like Lot's wife. That was not good. Not that. Be different than that. Anyways. Anyway, remember Lot's wife, that's what he said. Verse 33, whoever tries to keep their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life will preserve it. Hmm. Got to lay down our lives, right? We lay down our lives to Jesus. We pick up his life, his eternal life. We see our lives are winding down. All of our lives are winding down. We want our lives to be eternal. We have to connect our lives to the life that is eternal, which is Jesus's. If we want to gain our life, what? If you just cling to this life, guess what? The trajectory is going down, and you're going to die. You're going to lose your life. By clinging to this life, you're going to lose it. But if you exchange this life that you're on that's fading and going down, you exchange it for Jesus, it's going to start going right back up. <laughs> that's what he's saying. If you, try to, if you try to gain this life that you have, they'll gain, you, you will gain it. You'll gain this life that you have, but this life that you have is temporary and you will gain a temporary life. But if you're willing to lose this temporary life, you will exchange it for an eternal life. Mm. That's a better deal, man. That's a better trade. But the way you get it is through Jesus. I tell you, on that night, two people will be in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two will be grinding grain together, one will be taken and the other left. Where, Lord, they asked, he replied, where there is dead, where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. Wow. Wow. Mm, 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 mm. This is that passage that people often use for the rapture. But I want you to point, I want to point out something to you that um, in this story says, I tell you, on that night, two people will be in one bed. One will be taken and the other left. Two will be grinding together and one will be taken and the other left. Which one do you want to be in this story? The one left. That's the point of this story, which is exactly the opposite of people, the way people have used this passage to interpret the rapture. If you read this entire passage, the whole point is you want to be, like he gives the example of Noah. It, the ones taken are swept away. You don't want to be those people. You want to be the ones left that are alive. So here, same thing. I tell you, two people are in bed. One will be taken, and the other. You don't want to be that person. You want to be the one left. Two women, women will be grinding together. One will be taken, and the other left. No, which one do you want to be? You want to be the one left, which is a total opposite of the way uh, rapture theology uses that passage. So where, Lord, they asked, he replied, where there is a dead body, there the vultures will gather. Hmm. What does he mean by that? What, what, that, little, that ending is, is a little perplexing, isn't it? Like, where is the kingdom? Where will this happen? Um, where there is death, basically the vultures will gather. Interesting. Um, hmm. I have to do some more reading on that one. That one, that those last two verses, that last verse comes is, is confusing to me. 
not confusing, just like, what's the gist of that? Where there is dead, I mean, I get the point where there's dead bodies, the vultures gather, where there's de death and destruction, you know, the vultures will tell you where the death is. You want to know where the dead people, where the death is? Just watch where the vultures gather. Um, hmm. Interesting, though. But the, the, the curious part is the where, Lord. What does that mean? Where is he asking, where will this take place? Where will this, where will the uh, two, uh, the one be taken and the one and the other left? Where will the, where will this sort of judgment happen? I guess he says, just look for the vultures. You'll find out where the death is. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. So yeah, you can, you guys can look into some more of that yourself too. I'm not real. I can't, I can't provide any great insight into that one. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look it up. Well, thank you guys for spending time in the word today. Um, we uh, will be jumping over to Matthew 19 on Monday. So we'll be back at it on Monday. Read uh, John 11 over the weekend. Uh, if you get a chance so you can stay on track with your reading plan, because we're reading through the entire New Testament in a year. Uh, so, yeah, so check that out, John 11, and uh, then we'll be back together on Monday. Thank you guys so much for spending time together today and this week. You guys are awesome. And, uh, hey, let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for the reminder to be grateful, Lord, because we've all been healed. We've all been touched of so many different things in our lives. We have so much to be grateful for. There's no, uh, it's not a short list of the things that you've provided for us, that you've delivered us from. Uh, your kindness is obvious in so many ways. And so we say thank you. We say thank you today, Lord. Thank you for your mercy, for your grace, for salvation, for the many blessings uh, that you provide to our lives. Uh, Lord, help us to always be like the Samaritan that returns quickly to give you thanks. And Lord, we, uh, we, uh, we, we go today as your servants in obedience. And so we forgive, we show kindness, we show grace. We choose to be light and salt everywhere we go today. And, um, and Lord, if people ask, if we're so blessed to have people ask, why is it that we do this? Um, Lord, may we be quick to remember that it's because we're your servants. Because that's what we do. <laughs> that's just what we do in light of all that you've done for us. God, I pray for my friends today. I pray that you bless and encourage them and strengthen them. God, that you'd be with them this weekend, all of the activities in their lives, things going on around them, in them. Give them peace and grace, Lord. May you shine your love and grace upon them in abundance. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, my friends. Love you guys. Thank you guys so much for being on. You guys are the best. Thank you for sharing and subscribing and writing a comment if you listen to it on the podcast. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll be back at it Monday. You guys are the best. You guys have a fantastic Thursday. Hope you have some fun this weekend, some rest, um, and that uh, you're in the house of God on Sunday, worshiping the Lord, giving thanks, like that Samaritan leper, right? Returning to the Lord to give thanks for all of his blessing and goodness. All right, you guys, we'll see you next time. Thank you for joining me on today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. 
If this episode has been an encouragement to you, take a minute to subscribe or comment or share it with your friends. You can find me, Pastor Terry, and Bayside Church on all social media platforms. You can find Bayside at Bayside Church SH. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.